You're listening to another episode of The Zag. Eric Soap here. We're starting a new series on The Zag, talking about books, things you are reading that I probably have not read. It's a little bit of a book club here on The Zag. Excited to be joined by Chelsea Byers from the 2019 LCLA Engage class. She's got a book we all should check out. So yeah, join our book club. Stick around. Let's get to it. All right, Chelsea, have books been the main content of choice during quarantine, or has there been other things too? I mean, I'm taking up my fair share of Netflix marathons, but yeah, diving into a good book has just felt like salvation in this time. Got it. Okay, well, give us the scoop on what you're reading and what we all should be reading with you. Sure. I'm reading a book that I have also the pleasure of being a part of in a bigger way. It's called Beautiful Trouble, Toolbox for Revolution. Um, Beautiful Trouble was something that came out in 2011, 2012, sort of the height of the Occupy movement uh, as a way of helping uplift uh, creative resistance, creative protest, actions that have happened throughout social movement history around the globe. Um, And at that really formidable point, 2011, when folks are in the streets in this massive way around Occupy, this book sort of sought to string together all these tactics, principles, theories that were sort of being talked about in the media but maybe not so accurately or so effectively. Um, Lift those things up and give them some real concrete ground to stand on. And Beautiful Trouble said, well, if we could teach the next generation of troublemakers sort of subvert what the media is aiming to do, you know, disband and demolish the Occupy movement from the outside, well, then this book may be able to serve a new future. So here we are. Yeah, what caught my eye about your description too is it sounds not just like a book, but almost like a training curriculum. It sounds like there's uh, like a training program guide, strategy cards are mentioned in here. Like what actually is included besides the book? Yeah, I mean, I appreciate that you saw that right away because we certainly did not. When the book came to be, uh, it was just a book. And then people started asking that same question. Well, the book's great, right? We can read about these tactics and principles and theories that are fueling creative resistance around the globe. But how do we make that real in our own lives? How do we you know, localize this, contextualize it in the real struggles that we're experiencing in our communities and and put this creative, beautiful trouble to work. Um, so the training program became an inevitability uh, and followed the book um, some years later. That's when I sort of got in- more involved with the project, actually. Um, and, you know, a training program spiraled into a lot of different things. It became this whole means of connecting with organizers and activists who are doing the work on the ground and the front lines capacities. And this, you know, sort of asking about what they need. All right, the book's great. What else do you need? You need training. Great. What else do you need? So as you mentioned, a strategic card deck came out uh, just last year, taking all of the content and wisdom of the book and actually our second book that launched in 2014, Beautiful Rising, and sort of folding it all into this much more tactile, tangible way of delivering that content uh, through a card deck. And the card deck, you know, takes some of the wisdom that we learned. Well, you can't just give people this content. You got to give them training or you know, some process to engage with that content in. So the card deck has seven activities uh, ranging from creative action design to campaign planning and development to some evaluation tools. Um, And it's also really fun. It's, you know, a way of playing cards for humanity with your friends as well. And then have you seen teachers engage with this the most or is it a pretty wide cross-section of who's taken the the book and the training and applied it to their own circumstances? I mean, that's the best thing. We see teachers use it in their classroom context, which is great, the way that they've been able to take, you know, these very bite-sized 500-word modules and uh, and put them into their own course syllabus and sort of create, um, you know, learning 
modules around them itself. Um, we've had, you know, lots of students actually conduct their own or write their own um, temp, uh, tactics, principle series. They've contributed their own case studies to the book, which is really fabulous. Um, but organizers, activists, you know, the, the everyday person who's trying to figure out and make sense of how I can get involved more, how I can do more, and how I can do so sustainably, um, those audiences are really pulled to the book. And then sort of the last audience is the artist, right? Somebody who's on that creative edge, who's been, you know, thinking about the ways that performance and, and public spectacle can really uh, affect the conversation, but maybe hasn't always done so strategically. This book can help you uh, be more creative and effective at the same time. When we come back with Chelsea, we'll talk a little bit more about Beautiful Trouble and how things have changed from when the book is released to all the things that are happening in our world right now. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Zag. We'll be right back. Yeah, since you've been involved with this book and project so long, uh, you know, 2011 was a very different mm -hmm. world context, though not great then either, but things are really not great now. Uh, what changes do you see yourself having as you interact with the content, given the, the things we're seeing with the pandemic, given the things we're seeing with um, protests and marches happening all across the country? Sure. Well, what was clear to us is that, you know, this Western U.S. context is sort of limiting. And we ought to, especially as we're facing down, you know, rising fascism and authoritarianism here in the United States, we need to be learning from a more global community of activists and organizers who have been on the front lines facing these realities for so long. So our second project I mentioned, Beautiful Risings, uh, Creative Resistance from the Global South, did that. We went on a tremendous listening journey uh, all around the globe, sort of lifting up communities that have been fighting authoritarianism and fascism um, and learned from them. And so, you know, that was six years ago, 2014, that book came out. But here we are in 2020, peeling back those pages and saying, where did we go wrong? What lessons can we learn now? Um, and later this month, we're going to be convening many of the activists and organizers who contributed to Beautiful Rising and our more recently released um, African uh, edition of Beautiful Content um, and, and helping them or helping us here in the United States make sense of this election that we're facing. So we'll be learning from election actions on a global scale and using that wisdom to sort of inform what we can be doing here or what we need to be thinking about here in the United States. That global learning community is really um, where it's at when it comes to beautiful trouble these days. And what would you say the book suggests for advocating, persuading, creating beautiful trouble with uh, folks that are that are centrist, that are they're kind of too friendly with the the status quo? Because all things you just mentioned are, are are I think easier for me to get my mind around. Right, you're you're fighting against authoritarianism or or rising fascism, things like that. But I also think, especially as say take climate change for example, right? Um, so many of the bills and and laws that could have been passed in the quote unquote progressive supermajority that California supposedly has didn't pass. You think of things that would have mm -hmm. made housing production easier or would have banned fracking or things that we know would, would really put a dent, hopefully, because it's a little bit bolder, into some really serious problems. But, uh, you know, quote unquote progressives or, or, or liberals were, were actually, you know, really meek in their action. Does the book sort of address how you would persuade that a kind of soft center that at least uh, uh, out, outwardly would think would be an ally for you. But in actuality, each time there's there's significant action needed, they, they, they fall short. Yeah, absolutely. You know, somebody who's thinking about that scenario, I would refer them to the principles section of the book and really think through and, and read through the principles that it offers. And one specifically jumped to mind when you were mentioning that, you know, shifting the spectrum of allies, 
activists are really good at analyzing systemic social problems, but less good at thinking systemically about organizing. And these problems that you're uh, talking about, really, you know, that's what we run up against all the time. So if you think about our allies in a spectrum, then you can start to place those people and start to uh, across that spectrum, right? And so we have this clear middle neutral uh, that we need to move and shift. Uh, thinking about this as as a way of um, choosing your tactics more effectively, then I, you know the same tactics that work within the progressive space are not going to work within a neoliberal or more moderate context. But it doesn't mean that they're not necessarily our allies. It just means that we need to be more thoughtful about how we engage with those folks. And so if you start to break down your audiences or your intended targets into the spectrum of allies, you can more readily and appropriately choose the tactics of engagement. Um, and it's that piece, that, that strategy that people fall short on. We may come up with a great idea and say, well, why didn't this work? Um, we don't give ourselves enough time to do evaluation, to really analyze why things failed. That's what Beautiful Trouble really existed to do was say, let's be really critical. You know, let's name what works here, but also what doesn't work here. So we can be really um, you know, strategic when it comes to these things. We're working with limited resources, limited time, limited budgets. We have to make sure that this is the right call. So I would uh, point you to a tool like Spectrum of Allies um, to start digging into that. Love it. Well, hey, last thing, point us to where we can find this book. Yes, beautifultrouble.org. You can also get it on Amazon, but get it straight, straight from our publisher or our books. They're really great. Um, Beautiful Trouble, the Beautiful Rising, a pocket edition. And we're actually launching next spring, Beautiful Solutions. I know everybody's really eager to see how we can actually put in place the things that we want to see in the world, right? Be the change that we want to see in the world. Beautiful Solutions is the roadmap on how we start to actually build and construct those programs to live in that uh, that reality that we, we want so bad for ourselves. So keep a lookout for the third installation of The Beautiful Trouble coming soon. Well said. We'll put all that information into the description for this episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Make sure to check out all past episodes. Get them in all the places you get your podcasts. Apple, Google, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, they're all there. And until next time, we'll catch you soon.